you are here. It is going to be a good Sunday. If you're a member of our church, a part of our family, I want to welcome you here too. I'm really glad that you're here. I'm excited about what God um, has done and what he is going to do in us and through us this year. So I got a quick question for you guys, a couple of trivia questions. Who knows the shortest verse in the Bible? Just call it out. Does anyone know what the shortest? Just call it out. Okay, that's easy. Do you know where it's found? Oh, John eleven thirty five. That was pretty good. Give a round of applause. Good job, Lindsay. She knows it. All right, how about this? Do you know the shortest chapter in the Bible? Anybody? Shortest chapter. What do we got? Chapter, uh, Psalm chapter 117. Psalm 117 is the shortest chapter in the Bible. I'm going to invite you to open up there with me this morning. This is going to be our text. And I love this chapter of the Bible because I think it shows us that you don't have to use a lot of words to say something meaningful. Right? That sometimes just saying something quick, short, to the point is very impactful, very powerful. And that's where this chapter finds us this morning. Psalm chapter 117. Let's read it together as a church. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. The end. That's all it says. That's the whole chapter right there. And yet in this chapter, there is so much powerful truth. One sentence. For great is his steadfast love toward us, church. Faithfulness of the Lord endures forever, church. Praise the Lord, church. This is how I feel today. The reason we wanted to draw out this chapter as it's Vision Sunday, as we think about the future, is we want to start with thankfulness in our hearts to God. That God is a God who has steadfast love toward us and faithfulness toward us. When I think back about 20, in the year 2017 and all that God did through the good and through the bad, the Lord carried it through us. So I want to begin this year with thankfulness in our hearts Reminding ourselves that the Lord and his steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love never fails. His steadfast love never leaves us behind. His steadfast love is always carrying us forward, whether in life or in death, whether in good times or in bad times, whether in seasons of health or in seasons of sickness. The steadfast love of the Lord propels us forward. Amen. We begin this morning with gratitude in our hearts toward the Lord who has steadfast love for us. I am thankful for the Lord this year. Through all the mistakes that I personally made last year, through all the mess-ups and the goofball moments and the dumb things that I did, the Lord carried me through those things. He was steadfast and he was faithful. I'm also thankful for you. I'm thankful to be your pastor. I'm thankful that you're part of our church. I'm thankful to leave and serve on the front lines and in the trenches against evil and injustice and the sin of this world. I'm so excited to be doing that with you. It's, it's an amazing privilege to be able to, to be up here and to be a part of what's going on and see what God's doing in your life. It is a very exciting thing. And just personally as your pastor, I'm excited to be a part of what is going on. Watching you grow watching you learn. It's an amazing season in life. 
This morning, as John mentioned earlier, is our Vision Sunday. And the reason we have a Vision Sunday is for two reasons. One, we reflect on where God has had us in the past. And two, we we think about where he's taking us in the future, right? So it's sort of twofold. One, we stop and reflect. And two, we dream together. We're going to dream together this morning, White Oak. We're going to dream about and with a God who says that he has steadfast love toward us and his faithfulness endures forever. So I want to highlight a few things right here at the beginning of the service, things that we probably forgot happened in the last year. I'm going to highlight these things, and these are just the things that we know about that happened in our church, right? You know, one of our favorite quotes that we say up here often is, God may be doing 10,000 things in your life, and you're aware of like three of them, right? And there's all these other things that he's doing that you're not even aware of what's happening. That's what's going on in our church. So I want to highlight some of the things that are sort of above the iceberg. These are the tip of the iceberg. But even as we give great uh, thanks and gratitude toward this, we ought to have to remember that God is doing things beneath the surface as well. Amen. So let's be thankful for those as well. See, these are some of the things that he's been doing in our church over the past year. We had five baptisms last year. Five people who wanted to step forward and say, I want to give my life to Christ. And I, want to, I don't care who knows it. I'm going to be in front of people. And I'm going to say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. We had five people who took that step forward in 2017. And their life will never be the same. We've added 26 new members who wanted to be a part of the life and community of our church. That's like three times more than we've ever done in a year. These are people who are stepping forward and saying, I don't just want to sit on the peripheral anymore. I want to step into community with the church, serve with you guys, love you guys, be a part of this family, this thing that God is doing. We had 26 people join our church last year. We launched new community groups. We added young couples classes, young adult classes, different classes. These are places where people can come and learn and be be held accountable to following Jesus Christ. We added new groups this year. We ordained a new deacon. We ordained a new elder, myself, as a part of the church. These are people who are coming forward and saying, man, we love this church so much that we want to commit to serving it in official capacity. We raised over $9,000 for local flood victims after Hurricane Harvey. We gave that out to people in Oak Forest and in Garden Oaks in our community, real people who have suffered as a result of that. We gave over $9,000 for that. As part of our Oaks Preschool, which launched last year, we helped out over 70 families as they were getting back on their feet. We watched their kids for free, uh, had daytime childcare that they did every day during that week. We started a homeless ministry where we met the needs of people in our community and we went out to downtown Houston and served people. We gave out over 100 homeless packs to people in our community, remembering that Jesus said, remember the poor. You always have them with you to serve them and to love them. We started a homeless ministry last year. We started an elderly ministry where we served the seniors in our church and had service projects where we went out, served them in the name of Jesus Christ. We continued on our global missions ministry and went sent six people from our church across the world to China to serve in the name of Jesus Christ. And many of you were a part of sending them and supporting them and praying for them and being a part of our church and serving them. The Lord did that last year. We launched a youth ministry, a midweek youth ministry, and this is a place where people, grades 6 to 12, can come forward, uh, learn about Jesus Christ in a safe environment and all the ways that Jesus calls them to fulfill their purpose in life. 
We started a greet team called the Sunday Squad. Where you, Sunday Squad, where are you guys at? We got a few of y'all say, whoop. All right, good. We got a Sunday squad. I'm really excited about this. This is something we start this past year. We just want to be a church that recognizes that sometimes it's very uncomfortable to be a new person in a church. And it's hard for me to remember that because I've been going to church kind of my whole life, right? But it's good to remember that newer people, when they come in, they want to be welcomed. We want to show them that we love them as much as God loves them. So we started a Sunday squad greet team in order to meet the needs of those people. We expanded our music team or the leadership of Lindsay. We expanded that. We have more volunteers. It was great. Man, I was worshiping this morning, the king of my heart. We have a great music team. The Lord expanded that in 2017. Just a few of them more very quickly. We launched a new preschool. We replaced our sound system, which doesn't sound like much until you're up here and the mic starts going out, right? The sound system is very, very important to have. We renovated the North Wing. We had a serve conference where over 50 people showed up and and saw where can they plug in and serve in the ministry of God. And yet not only this, but God was faithful, not just personally in our church, but in our city to carry us through the worst, one of the worst natural disasters that we have ever experienced as a city in Hurricane Harvey. The Lord brought us through that and we are back on our feet. We were able to raise 9,000 in relief to help people in our community and in our church. Several of us were able to meet the needs and also help people rebuild their homes and tear out drywall and sheetrock and different things like that. We went out, literally people just driving down the street saying, hey, can I help you? Neighbors helping neighbors. The Lord carried us through that. Everyone got sick a ton, right? Last year, the Lord brought us to it. Everyone got sick a ton. I got sick. John got sick. We all got sick in the, in the wake of Hurricane Harvey and all of that. The Lord carried us through it. We lost loved ones that we care greatly about. The Lord's carried us through tough times, and we can honor those people's ministry, ministries and memories in, in the service of the Lord, and we move forward in honor of them and in the work of the gospel. Through all this, we're still here. We weathered storms. You weathered storms in your life. That's okay because God is taking us through it. And the reason I highlight some of the hardships that the Lord brought us through is because I want to point out to you as a pastor from the outside looking in, and I want you to say that the Lord has brought us through those things for a purpose. If you're here this morning, the Lord has a purpose for you. If you're here this morning, the Lord has got a job for you to do. If you're here this morning, the Lord has a story for you to tell. If you're here this morning, the Lord has a person whose needs that you are personally fit to meet. If you're here this morning, you have a person to help. If you're here this morning, you've got a mission to fulfill, a calling to carry out. If you're here today, take that as a sign that God's not done with you, but that he's got things for you to do this year. Amen? The Lord has a purpose for you if you are here this morning. I believe that the Lord has taken us through 2017 with all of its twists and all of its turns and all of its ups and all of its downs to bring us here to this moment. We're a more unified church a holy church, a a church that is being made new, and I believe it's for a purpose this morning. And I want to show you why I believe that. We've entitled the sermon this morning, It's a New Day. We've entitled the sermon this morning, It's a New Day, and I truly believe that. I believe that God says, I am a God who is making all things new, right? 
He's making us new. He's making this church new. He's making this city new. He's making this world new in the gospel of Jesus Christ and through his death and through his resurrection. And this morning, I want to proclaim to you that it is a new day. This morning, if you would, I want to show you from the Bible why I believe that and what that means for you. So I encourage you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 17. When you open this up, you'll probably be very familiar with this passage. If you don't have a Bible, it should be on the screen behind me. But I want us to read this together so that we can get a mindset of newness, right? very easy for us to live in the past and to live in the old, and yet this morning I believe that God calls us to live in the new. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Anyone, everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Your old has passed away. But behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us, church, entrusting to White Oak Baptist Church the message of reconciliation. Therefore, We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, the gospel of Jesus pulls us forward and compels us to bring other outsiders with us. The gospel of Jesus Christ radically pulls us forward out of our old self and into our new self and compels us to bring other outsiders with us into this new day and this new age of the gospel. What I love about what Paul is writing here to the Corinthian church, if you know anything about the Corinthian church, usually what you hear is that they were a bad church, right? You ever heard that before? Corinthians was a really bad church. But I want to highlight another uh, distinctive of this church is that they're a really new church, right? They were Gentile believers. And if you know that the Christian faith sort of grew out of Jewish roots. And so many of the first Christians were, were also Jews. But this church was completely Gentile. And they didn't really know things about the religion of God or about religious things or about spiritual things. And so Paul kept having to go in and saying, man, you guys are new. You're new in the gospel. Maybe you're here this morning and you're new to church. You're new to this thing called the gospel. You're new to following Jesus Christ. And if yes, you this morning, you're actually in a really good place. Let me tell you why. Because you don't have some of the baggage that comes with a religious mindset. And what Jesus came to do is to get rid of a religious mindset and to bring in a gospel mindset. And a gospel mindset says that we are being made new. You see, the problem with the Corinthian church, and often our problem, is that we focus so much on what we were that we don't focus on who we are right now. The gospel says that we are new in Christ. God is pulling us forward. They were so fixated on what they had been that Paul was trying to help them see who they were becoming. Look at verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. And if you were here last Sunday, what's my favorite word? 
behold, right? There it is again, another Sunday. Behold, where God is telling us to look at something that he's doing. To look intently, to focus, to adore the new work that God is doing in your life. You see, I believe that most of the time, and this is our problem, and I'll admit it, I'm this person, maybe you're this person. Most of the time, we behold our past and we glance at our future, right? We look intently at our past and what's been going on over the past and all the different ways, our old ways and our old self and our old mindset and who we are in the past. We focus on that and we give a little glance to our present and our future. Here this morning, I want to turn that on its head and I want to say, let us behold the future and just glance at the past. It is a new day. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a new day. Now turn to your other neighbor and say with conviction, it's a new day. That was pretty good. I'll give you that. All right, so it's a new day. Paul says that the only acceptable mindset in the life of a Christian is a mindset that is beholding the new and running away from the old. A beholding a new life in Christ and running away from old sins and running away from old mindset and running away from old guilt and recognizing that under the blood of Jesus Christ, we are new people. You know, I think one problem that we have as Christians is that we, we, we're sitting around and we live, we're living a very unfulfilling life, but then we freak out when someone tells us to change, right? Right? We, we're going around like, man, life's really unfulfilling. I'm stuck in a rut. It's very mundane. And then someone gets up maybe on stage or a friend encourages you and says, hey, man, well, have you thought about like reading your Bible or joining a community group? All of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa, no, I'm not doing that, Right? The Lord wants us to change, and we have to take steps to do that. I think that we get contentment backwards. And when I heard this, John and I were talking about this, and John was sort of pointing this out, and I think this is so good. This is what Satan does. Satan helps you get discontent with your circumstances and content with who you are. God tells you to be content with your circumstances and discontent with who you are. Right? Do you see how it's backwards there? We get so discontent with our circumstances about where we're at financially or where we're at in life or where we're at in school or where we're at in our family. And yet we're content about where we're at and who we are inside. And yet what God is calling us to this morning is to be content where you're at circumstantially, but to be discontent about where you're at internally. To recognize that God is calling you to new and bold steps of faith Look at verse 20. It says, Therefore, we are ambassadors to Christ. God is making his appeal through us. Wider Baptist Church, God is making his appeal to the world of Jesus Christ through us. That means if we don't do it, it don't get done. The Lord says, I'm making my appeal through you. You're my ambassador, ambassador sent out into the world in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus' death and resurrection was God essentially saying, I know all of my creation has turned away from me, made a mess of this world, but I still love you, I still have a plan for you, and I want to do something beautiful through you. That's what I love about the gospel. Is it doesn't just take sinners and makes them holy, It takes sinners, makes them holy, and then sends them out on mission. On mission for Christ to be a part of his redeeming work in the world. We not only have this love of Christ, but we share it. I think the gospel 
provides the most hopeful mindset in the world. Let's just compare a gospel mindset versus a secular mindset, right? So if you're a secular mindset, maybe you're you're an atheist, you're an agnostic, you're going in the world, this is your mindset. You're all alone, there's not really a plan to reality, and after you die it's really boring, that's it. What's a gospel mindset? A gospel mindset says you came from more, your life can be more, and God has more in store of you because of how more in store for you because of how great God is. That's a much better mindset to me. I don't know about you, just for me personally, that's a much more hopeful mindset. That God has a plan for each and every one of us, and only in the gospel can we have that hope. So I bring these things up to get us in the right mindset, right? Because I think in order for us to change, I could get up here and say, this is our vision for the church. This is what I want us to do this year. This is what Pastor and John and I have dreamed up for you. But if we're not in the right mindset, we're not going to embrace the new. God said, behold the new. Embrace the new. Be challenged by the new. And I think we've got to get in that mindset before we talk about it. And only when we have the right mindset are we ready for the right future. Our vision for 2018 is this, a new church for a new day. A new church for a new day. And I'm excited about this vision. You see the word new, we used it twice. It's an amazing word, a new church for a new day. What is the church? If you look at the Greek, it's ekklesia. It means the community of God's people. The church is the people of God. So what does it mean for us to be a new church? I think it means two things. This is where I believe God is taking us. First, we want to make 2018 the year of the outsider. We want to make this year the year of the outsider. You see, inviting new people, inviting people into our community, into what God is doing there, makes us a new church. Every time someone joins our church, think about it, we become a new church. Our DNA gets shaped, we get changed, we add new people, new personalities, new giftings. The Lord has called us to embrace the outsider. We want this to be a place where everyone, all of your friends, where your spouse, where your family, where your people in your community can find their new day. To find their hope in Jesus Christ. To find their new way in the Lord. We want to make this place We want to make this place a place where you can invite your friends to bring them here, where they can find their new day. And we need your help to do that. I believe that we should embrace outsiders because Jesus Christ himself has embraced outsiders. That Jesus embraced those on the peripheral, that Jesus didn't just embrace those who were on the inside of the church, but he embraced those who were on the outside as well. I want you to join us in the mission of embracing the outsider. Very practically, we've done a few things in order to make our church more outward focused. I mentioned earlier how we started the Sunday Squad. This is just us as a church recognizing that we want to embrace those who come. We want to connect them in the church, but we need your help with that. We need your help as you see new people, as you see someone that you don't recognize, to go up them, hold out your hand and say, I'm so glad that you are here. I'm glad to see, I'm excited to see what God is doing in your life, and I'm glad that you're part of our church Will we do this, church? We've changed our budget around in order to embrace different projects in our community, embrace things that are happening in Oak Forest and Garden Oaks. We want our church to reflect where our community is going. We want this to be the year of the outsider. 
Secondly, a new church means we want this to be the year of your next step. Turn to your neighbor and say, we want this to be the year of your next step. Now turn to the other neighbor and say, a little more gusto. We want this to be the year of your next step. We want you to find your new day, right? So as we talk about outsiders and bringing them in and sharing the love of Christ with our community, we don't want to forget that God has a plan for you and for where you're going. We want you to find your new day as well. We want this to be the year of your next step. And what we mean by that is we want you to see your spiritual development in the Lord with fresh eyes. Sometimes if you're, uh, you know, been going to the church for a really long time or you've been in church for, for years and years and years, it's easy to get jaded about where God is taking you. The longer you're in church, the longer you can look back and be like, man, God was doing something in this season in the past, but he's not doing something in this season now. And we want you to see your spiritual development with new eyes. What would it look like if every person in our church took their next step this year? I'll give you a few examples. Maybe you're a visitor. You've been visiting the church, but you've not yet stepped forward in membership. Make this the year of your next step. Step forward as a member of our church. Come out of the shadows and join us in the community of faith. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be honest and authentic. Maybe for you, you're a member and you need to find a ministry to begin serving in. We have so many ministries for you to serve in that I'm really excited about. Sunday Squad, we have kids every Sunday. We have youth every Wednesday. We have um, the story team that we're starting out. This is just a team of people who like to shoot videos that talk about what God is doing in the world and in the life of our church. We would love for you to plug in there. We have a media team that helps put together our Sunday service. We have homeless ministries and shut-in ministries. We have a lot going on at our church. Maybe for you, your next step is plugging in to one of these ministries. I believe that God is active in this church. And what John and I want to do this year is we want to move to what we call lay-led ministries. And what that means by that, what we mean by that is that if there's a lay person who's not going to leave up a ministry, then we're not going to do it. That we are calling you guys to step up and lead various ministries in our church. And we're going to equip you, we're going to train you, but we are calling you to step up and to step out in bold faith and say, I want to, I want to step up and I'm going to lead out in the church and in what he's doing. What's your next step? Maybe your next step is just getting in the word more. Just letting your light be directed by Jesus Christ and what he's saying. Quick story, I um, recently moved in. I got married. I'm, I'm going to ride that wave for a little while, right? I got married uh, this past month, and I'm uh, very excited about that. Thank you, Keith. And uh, I moved in with Sarah, and we live in an apartment uh, down off of I-10. And uh, it's really cool moving in with someone who had a lot of stuff. So now you, I get to move in and enjoy some of her stuff. And uh, she has an Alexa, right? So I, I've never messed with Alexa before. But when we were over on Christmas break, we went to her parents' house. And they had the Alexa. And it was so crazy. They'd say, Alexa, turn on the lights. And the lights got turned on, right? And like, Alexa, turn on the TV. And the TV got turned on. Well, we have an Alexa in our home as well. And it's so easy to go, hey, Alexa, set a timer. Hey, Alexa, uh, I'm going to ask you this question. My four-year-old niece loves Alexa. She loves to ask it knock-knock jokes. She's like, Alexa, tell us a joke. And Alexa will tell you a joke. It's crazy. Technology is crazy. Blowing my mind. Never seen this before, right? But I love going to Alexa, asking her questions, asking for directions, all that kind of stuff. What would it look like for you this year to go to the Word, to be trained, and to get guided? 
to go to the Word like I go to Alexa for answers and for help. See, the problem with Alexa that I've noticed is she starts doing things on her own. She kind of malfunctions a little bit. I don't know about you, but I, I was in the apartment the other day, and I was by myself, and all of a sudden music started playing out of Alexa. And I, I, I was nowhere near her. I was nowhere, I call it her, it. I was nowhere near it, right? I wasn't even near it. It started coming on. And it was playing Britney Spears Toxic for some reason. I, I promise you, I don't have that on my playlist. I, I, I don't even know where it came from. I can show you my phone. It started playing it, right? Alexa started talking. Like the other day I was in the other room. Alexa said, how can I help you or something like that. I'm like, it started malfunctioning, right? The beauty about the word is that God never leads us astray. You see what I did there? The beauty about the word, God never leads us astray. Maybe for you, your next step this year is to see the word as the place of spiritual guidance in your life. To not make it something on the peripheral, to not go to Google first and then to the word, but to go to the word first. See, what does the Lord say in your life? We want to help you grow. I want to talk about real quick about something exciting that we've added as a church. Uh, you may have gotten a, an email from us if you're a member of the church for something called Right Now Media. Have you guys seen that? A few people should have gotten that. That's not spam. Someone thought that was a spam email. They're like, James, did you send this? It's a spam email. That's not a spam email. This is a gift that we want to give to you as the church as we try to empower you to all that God has for you in this life. So Right Now Media is basically the easiest way to explain it, the Netflix of Christian Bible studies, right? That's what it is. So what you can do, if you're a member of our church or not, if you got this email, if you didn't get the email, email us. We want to send you a link. Basically what you can do, you can go on here, find different Bible studies, find different things that pertain to your life in particular, and learn from those things. It's got things for parents, it's got things for marriage ministries, it's got things for uh, parents of kids and of teenagers, or maybe if you're just struggling with a, a personal problem in your life, it has teachers and videos that will help you with that. We want to give that as a gift to you, to everyone in this church. Sarah and I have already started a, a marriage series in, that, uh, in Right Now Media called Love and Respect, and we're loving it. We're loving it. I feel like I'm learning. I feel like I'm growing. It's good to have a holy discontent about where you're at. We want this to be the year of growth and renewal for you. We want to be a new church. That means being a year, a church of the outsider and a church of where we, each and every one of us, take our next step. Secondly, the second part of our vision, it's a new church for a new day. What do we mean by a new day? First, we want to make this the year of alignment. See, the New Testament uses the word body, right? It uses this image of a body to talk about how we're effective together. It talks about how some people are the head, some people are the hands, some people are the eyes, some people are the nose, some people are the feet. And together we work together to bring the gospel into this world. And I love this image so much because a body, in order for it to work, has to work together in unison, Right? has to work together in lockstep, in synchronization, and we as a church also have to be aligned in what we're doing and where we're going if we want to be effective. A body has different parts, different gifts, but we're all aligned with one mission, and we're all aligned with one person, Jesus Christ. When we're not aligned with where our church is today, it's like we're using our eyes to see for someone else that's not us. I think the beauty about our church, one of the beautiful things about our church is that we've been around for a long time, right? 
We've been around for decades. We've been around before many of us were born, myself included, right? And one of the beautiful things, a part of that, is we have a generation that's old and a generation that's young. And we've seen a lot of eras in our church. But part of what we want to emphasize this year is let's bring it into a new day. Each and every one of us aligning with what's going on right now. We want to be a community that contextualizes to those around us. We want to reflect our community as it is now and not just as it was in the past. We want to reach an emerging demographic in our community. We need all kinds of people to do that, young and old, new members and old members, people who are new to the faith and people who've been around in the faith for a long time. We need everyone to do that. We need a year of alignment. And if I can be honest, just a little bit honest here, and this is a question for each and every one of us, Don't assume that you're aligned to the ministry of the church and where we're going. Question what you're doing. Question how you're serving. Seeing, is this serving the greater good of the church and where we're trying to go as a community? We have to work together. Part of what we're emphasizing, Pastor John, are emphasizing is gathering on Sunday mornings. We're emphasizing our community groups. And we're emphasizing the ministries that are active in our new day. Ministries like kids, ministries like youth, ministries like Sunday Squad and deacons and group leaders and Sunday setup and meals after church. Are you aligned with the way that we're going with? Don't assume that you're aligned with the church. Join us. Invite people to Sunday morning. Come on Sunday mornings. Be a part of a community group. We want 100% of our members to be in community somewhere. It's so important for us and so important to us as a church. So in order to bring us into a new day, first we need a year of alignment where all of us are working together toward the same goal. And secondly, John and I have set some personal goals for us as a church. We want this to be the year of 220. Tell your neighbor, turn your neighbor and say, we want this to be year of 220. Man, we always have to do it twice. We need a 220. Turn your neighbor and say, we want this to be year of 220. Nobody wants to do it a third time, so everyone always gets excited the second time, right? We want this to be your 220. What we mean by that is we believe that God has gifted us with the space, with the facilities, with the talent, with the spirit to have 200 people join us on Sunday morning. I believe, John and Pastor John, I believe it's time to work toward that. I believe that if we join together and we invite our friends and we share about what God is doing in this community, that he will draw others into it. We want to be a church that has 200 people who gather on Sunday morning with us. It's time. It's a new day. Secondly, we want to have 20 community groups in our church. We have about 10 right now, but we want to double that. And what that means is we're going to need leaders who are willing to step up to host Bible studies in their homes, to host Bible studies here on Sunday morning. And we've made that very easy for you. We want to train you, but we're going to need your help to do that. We believe it's time for all of us to be in community together. We believe that that's what it means to be a new church for a new day, a church that's growing a church that's aligning with what God is doing in our day and a church that reflects our community. In many ways, it's good to look at the past, but in many ways, our past is irrelevant to what God is doing here in 2018. So as we draw to a close this morning, I want to share a very powerful story that I believe comes out of the Old Testament. 
And I believe this story fits perfectly with us as a church, and I hope that it encourages you as we face this uncertain future together. And it comes out of Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1 through 9, and I'm going to read it with you guys this morning. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and the great sea, to the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to to their forefathers to give to them. Only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The reason I love this story is if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know that God called a people called Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery, into the promised land. And you know that along the way, they kind of lost their way a little bit. And even their leader, Moses, passes away. And Joshua, his young assistant, rises up and he leads the people into the new place. Interestingly enough, that when they actually go into the promised land, it was an entirely new generation. But God told them, take the land that I promised to you. But what I also love about this passage is that it shows us that they were still going to have to fight for it. They were still going to have to struggle. They were still going to go through hard times, that it wasn't going to be easy, but the Lord promised, I will take you through it. As we close this morning, I want to lend you, I want to give you an encouragement. In 2018, remember that the battle is part of the blessing. We often think our battles in life and the struggles we go through life is evidence that God's not working. But I think what we see in this passage and what we see over and over and over and over again through Scripture is that the harder things are, the more we know that we're on the right track. My goals, my spiritual growth, my marriage, my job, my health, my outlook, my circumstances. There's no easy button in life, and yet God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. The guidance he gives us, the guidance God gives us is what? Only be strong and courageous for I am with you wherever you go. Why do I believe that God is taking us somewhere? I believe that God is taking you somewhere. And now is not the time for us to give up, but to grow up and to move forward. I hope that you will join us in that. I hope that you will join in, lean in, and join us in what God is doing in our church. I believe that God calls us to a new day.
I'm ready for it. I hope you're ready for it. I'm ready for all that God is going to do in 2017, 2018, excuse me. I love you guys as your pastor. I'm praying for you. I want your spiritual growth. And I want you to know that we, Pastor John and I, are available to you. Available to pray with you. Available to help you grow. And we only ask in return that you would join us in what God is doing. Join us in what God is doing in you and through you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father. So we think back to 2017 and look forward to our new year, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for bringing us through so many storms, for doing so much in the life of our church, Lord. We thank you for doing so much in Houston, Lord, so bringing us through storms, Lord, bringing us through um, tragedy and through good times and through bad I pray that 2018 would be a new day. I pray that it would be a new day in our church. But I also pray that it would be a new day in each individual's lives in this room, Lord. We all come seeking something new. We all come seeking change. We all come with bondage to sin and to addictions and to guilt and to shame. And we just pray in the power and the name of Jesus Christ that you would bring us each into our, our new day. Help us as a church, Lord. Bless us as a church. Bless these people in the gospel and in the blood of Jesus Christ. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.